afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday. It's January. No, it's not January anymore. Where am I? It's February. It's February the 4th, 2021. January came, January left. And now we're in to February, the shortest month of the year. Not that we should tempt uh, tempt fate by thinking that less could possibly happen after our startlingly uh, eventful January. But here we are. We got another Technical Alpha podcast lined up for you guys talking about games, movies, television, life stuff, and everything in between. Really, it's just a catch-all. When I put this up on, on iTunes, I put it under the category of video games. That's the loosest definition of, the, of this podcast imaginable. But it's kind of where, it's kind of unfortunately where they would put us anyway. So here we are. Hold on, I almost put the screen up before I got this webcam full. There we go. Now we're talking. Another great show lined up for you guys today. Mr. Black is cranking himself full of, I don't know what the snack was, but he's got the Red Bull on tap now. What was the, what was the, what was the snack? What's the, what's in? I got some goldfish. Ah, how did the fucking jingle go for goldfish? Oh no! The snack that smiles back, the snack that smiles back, goldfish or some shit. Like, remember that shit? Remember that commercial? I don't. Oh, I haven't had goldfish in ages. I was never like a big fan when I was a kid. You know, there was like everyone used to eat goldfish. You know, like like back when you were in like elementary or whatever, it was a really popular go-to. I'm guessing you have goldfish in the house because Kai Kai Kai. is a big goldfish fan. (laughs) Yeah, and I eat all of them. <laughs> uh well, uh as usual, already knowing the answer to this, um, but I, I have to ask it anyway because it's the most important question of the week, Mr. Black. How was your week this week? <laughs> this your your last week hasn't actually ended yet. Your last week is still ongoing. You got my ass kicked. <laughs> I got my fucking ass kicked. It's All been right. a rough one. Man, 2021. It's been, it's been something. It's off to it's off to a banner start. What? So, um, I'll make this short and sweet because I ain't got two hours today to give this podcast. So I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down very quickly. All right, all right. What are you? All right. Another one of my properties. So last week we had the we had the water issue in the new place. This week. We had some fucking insane weather, all right? We had fucking basically a a tropical storm in the middle of, I don't even know, February or the beginning of February. And like yesterday was plus nine degrees. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on outside, but it's fucked. And uh, we had some bad weather. And one of my other properties that I just picked up in March is a duplex. And I have a basement unit and a top unit. Um, there was a clog in the sewer system uh, from the city. And that clog decided to uh, back up into one of my properties, this duplex in the bottom unit. And shit sewer water um, covered the entire unit from anywhere from... Eight inches at its at its worst to about three to four inches at its least. 
So unfortunately, the tenants had to leave. They had tenant insurance, thank God, uh, which we, I make sure all my tenants do. So they're going to end up being okay because they're going to get all new stuff. Pretty much all their furniture's ruined. Um, my floors are toast. The subfloors toast. I have to have a restoration company go in, do what they do. I got to tear out some cabinets, some kitchen cabinets, put in new ones. Um, I got to replace uh, some appliances, all new baseboard. We got to cut like two feet up from yeah, the floor drywall everything. and replace all the drywall. It's a fucking nightmare. Now, I was like, okay, well, I got insurance, so that's good. But my insurance only covers so much. And if you ever want to make any money off of the uh, water commission, it's basically almost never. Um, they have certain legislation in point in place uh, and a bunch of whole kinds of lawyer speak to basically say, unless they do extreme negligence, um, they're never on the hook for anything. Instead, they basically give you a $5 good faith um, check and say, hey, sorry about the inconvenience. Um, deal with it. Now, here's the worst part. The person I bought this house off of, they had the same thing happen. And they had the whole basement remodeled two years ago. So it's still a pretty new basement. Um, basically, the insurance company told told them, you need to, you need to install um, uh, a back, like valve? Back, back valves. Because the house is like 60 years old. They just didn't come then. Now all houses, like it's by code. They have yeah, to have, have it. Them. But they didn't do that. They basically took the insurance money, did the minimal gutted up and then didn't install the back valve. So when the sewer backed up, there was nothing there to close to keep the sewer shit out. And it just went inside. So um, obviously I'm going to be installing back valves. um, When I go and remodel this entire basement. Um, So anyway, to make a long story short, uh, I basically get uh, $25,000 from my insurance company. Damages is, I mean, if I were to get an um, like just a company to go in there and do everything, it's probably going to be looking at about forty grand to like for me to not touch it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the restoration company come in and do like the parts that you know I can't get out and do myself, like not me physically, but like have other companies that specialize because the restoration company will just get other companies to do it, and they told me their markup is eighteen percent, which when you're talking this type of money, that's all you know. You're just paying out the ass for no reason. So I'm basically going to get the restoration company to go in, um, tear up all the baseboard, uh, spray out everything, do you know, make sure all the sewer shit is gone. Um, and then I'll basically have a flooring company that I use for this. Tra- Fortunately, I've got all these trades on retainer like right now, like you know, I make them a call and I can get stuff done. But yeah, anyway, I pretty much got fucked. I mean, I'll be super lucky if I can get everything done on a $25,000 budget. Um, but I won't know until I get more quotes and other things. So basically that's, that's how I'm going. My tenants are good. They got put up into an Airbnb. They have that for a couple months, uh, minimal. They can get an extension from their insurance. They want to move back in. They love the place. They feel awful. I feel awful. Um, but at least they're going to make out with all new stuff. Unfortunately for me, the unit was pretty new to begin with. Uh, so I'm not going to, it's not like, the, the it, it flooded an old unit. Now I get a brand new unit and I can charge more rent. It's just, I just have to go through this headache. So, um, 
I can't it, believe I they just, didn't put back valves in. It's not like it's an expensive process. Like no, you, like you, we're we're looking we're looking at maybe on a high end between fifteen hundred and two thousand dollars to get good back valves put in. Um, and most of I'll that's just us, digging the shit up to be able to put it. the valves in. That's it. That's it. And my insurance, my insurance is going to cover like a thousand dollars up to on top of the twenty five k towards the back valves as well. Um, and I don't have to pay a deductible because it's over the 25 K. So they waive the deductible of like 2,500 bucks, but yeah, I mean, most of it will be insured. I mean, I might have to, might have to spend maybe 10 K out of pocket. It, I just don't know. Now the, the scary part is I don't know how much damage, if any has been done to my furnace down there because there's been some water that hit it. So I have to get a furnace guy to go in there to make sure that it's 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 running. There's heat. There's hot water. Everything seems to be going good. But that could change in a week, two weeks, a month. Yeah. I don't. I have no idea, right? So I'm just kind of taking the punches as as they go. Um, and I don't have the time anymore. Like I have to. I'm going to be committing to my stream again starting tomorrow. So I'm just gonna. Yeah, it might cost me a little bit more to have other people go out and do it. But my time is more valuable now at this point. Just being at home working. I can't be out there, you know, dealing with this fucking shit every day. I just did it for the last three months at this other place. So it's been a lot. Uh, the triplex is almost done now. So we're, we're on the home stretch. That'll be done w- probably by the, the end of this weekend um, or like the beginning of next. So have people starting to move in on February 15th. Other than that, man, it's just been a dog shit week. It's been a really fucking awful fucking I'm week, I'm just man. like I, when, when, uh, when, you, when I saw the pictures – uh, first of all, I didn't know how old the property was because you—it was obviously a renovated property, so it was hard to tell from pictures how old the the actual structure was. But the first thing that went to my mind was like, "How in the shit is there that much water in there if there's back valves installed?" Like it, well, it would have to I be told, like what? What I was told is when I bought the property, I was told that there was a sewage, like there was a a flood, and it was the city's fault. And it, it shouldn't happen again. It was, it's been fixed. So I just assumed, you know, everything, you don't think for one, that your unit is going to be filled up and I'm the only house affected. The only one. There's That's no probably because house. everyone else has back valves. Well, stuff. and I'm at the very bottom of the hill. So oh, at the, at the yeah. end of the street, yeah. all the water pools up there yeah. and there's the, a, a main road. And the water, the shit water and sewer water was backing up from the main line back into the first house on the fucking street, which is my house. So, you know, it was like the perfect storm of fuckery. And uh, yeah, and they had a big clog there and that was the show. So anyway. Oh, well, uh, well, at least thankfully you have insurance that's going to cover 90 percent or more. Uh, of yeah. of that, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but my God, what a shit show! Literally, what a shit show. Uh, yeah, but it's it's, it's true. The, our water, like uh, Halifax Water Commission, is awful. Is awful. Not good. So anyway, that was my week. Uh, I don't own any properties, so none of mine backed out with sewage. Um, this week. Uh, so I can't say that I had that experience. I basically this week just, um. There's another week, streamed some shit, dealt with my usual streaming PC, had some fuckery, but that's, I fixed it in a day, I took a day off streaming, fixed that, and now, here we are, that's my week, it's exciting, thrilling from top to bottom, uh, nothing else to report, and so now it's time to report 
on some video games, Mr. Black. You ready for some video games? Here we go. I'm ready. Well, the first thing in the list is actually not video games. First thing in the list is Twitch. We had some Twitch news this week. Mm. Uh, no, it's nothing uh, of the usual Twitch news that we've been covering. Uh, in, uh, you know, people have been uh, used to hearing. They haven't, you know. So far, so good on the Black History Month, though. I guess they haven't fucked that up like they did last year so far. I haven't heard anyone complain that they've, uh, you know, done anything horrific. Uh, so that's I mean, good. It's February fourth, right? So there's we time. Got lots of, we got lots of time. <laughs> we got lots of time. There's time. What, what we what we don't want this year is a whole bunch of white people <laughs> celebrating Black History Month. <laughs> all right, which and 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 not just Black History Month, but uh, you know, Black Lives Matter movement on uh. top of that. And yeah, we you know, hey, well, well no, you with, want you nothing, want white people doing that. You just people, listen. You don't okay, want Twitch to put them in a trailer instead of black people. Hey, okay, there you go. That's the listen. Yeah. Listen, yeah, <laughs> some asshole will take my words and like fucking. Yes, twist. Exactly. You know what I fucking mean, all right? Yes. <laughs> we don't want to just see all white folks. All right, we you know it's Black History Month. All right, spotlight some black streamers on front page. You know, <sighs> do what you need to do. Uh, you know. Just don't be tone deaf this year, like you were last year. Other than that, Great. there we go. Good no, job. no complaints yet. Maybe, and then the only other thing I think of is don't try and make like cutesy emotes because every time you try and do like you know these specific emotes for these months and everything, it always goes wrong and it ends up being like low key racist. So just, yeah. just put yeah, a no- trailer out. Exclusively black people. <laughs> it's Black History Month. Done. That's all you have to do. Just don't, you know, don't overcomplicate it. But anyway, this has nothing to do with that. Uh, fish sticks. If you've been around for a long time at Twitch, you know, or have at least heard of the name fish sticks before, is one of the OG uh, Twitch employees. He would have been a, a founding employee of uh, of the company. Uh, and uh, one of the nicest guys I've, I, I, you know, a lot of, in, in fairness, most, most of the low-level uh, and by that I mean not C-level guys uh, that worked at OG Twitch were all like and girls were all fantastic people. Fishstix is one of those people. Um, he decided to speak up about something that he's noticed that Twitch has been making some changes here that he wasn't particularly pleased with. Uh, that he hopes that they reverse. Uh, and I'm sure many of our viewers have actually seen this happen for them for them on their end. And so I decided to bring this up here to 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 talk about it a bit. Um. Uh, so he mentions, he said, well, I'll just read here. He has a, t- a Twitter thread, but he said, uh, he didn't want to bring this up, but he decides, decided that he would do that. And he said, Twitch has made some recent changes to their embedded player that hurts streamers, viewers, and communities. So their embed player is basically, if you're not on Twitch, but you're embedding the video player and, and chat somewhere else, a website or whatever, for whatever purpose, you see all sorts of websites embedding YouTube players and whatnot to host the video somewhere else, show them on a different page. Same kind of idea. Said about two months ago, Twitch began implementing what has been dubbed the purple screen of death. The PSOD. Microsoft's never going to live down the fucking red ring of death. That shit's going to get memed into the ground (laughs) for the rest of time. So, uh, um, or blue screen of death. This is purple screen. So the PSOD is a mandatory, non-skippable 30-second interruption that is placed in all embeds making for a poor user experience. So he posts the picture. So if you're watching an embed, so let's say you were watching more recently uh, the Games Done Quick, and you're on their website watching Games Done Quick because they had the chat up, they had the virtual thing. That fucking tech that they bl- that they built, did you see any of that this year? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. That shit was fucking wild. So yeah, they had every like year they go nuts. Yeah, every they've year. got some crazy developers working over there at Games Done Quick. So they had all this, and it was relying on obviously embed features that Twitch has. So that would have been one of those uh, those instances. So this pops up if you're watching it, and it just it's the whole video screen. It's just purple. It's like CD Projekt Red yellow, except it's purple. And then you've got your message here that says with Twitch's logo, "Hello." If you're seeing this and you're not already on Twitch.tv, click here to get the best Twitch experience. If you're seeing this and you're already on Twitch.tv, please review your third-party tools. Most likely, there is an ad blocker or script running on your browser, making it look like you are watching from another site. As we update our service, these third-party tools can affect Twitch's performance. Thanks for watching. So that stays up on your video for 30 seconds, and then it dumps back in to whatever you're watching. And you would think there, that's the point, you know, that's, that's a mild annoyance. Not the end of the world. 30 seconds comes and goes. Okay. So he continues. Many of you have seen this screen months ago as an anti-ad block message. However, it has evolved far beyond anti-ad block measures. The PSOD impacts all Twitch embeds everywhere, regardless of where you are viewing from, uh, viewing them from, and regardless if you are using ad block or not. So it's no longer just being used for ad block, uh, anti-ad block measures. The Twitch PSOD would be disruptive if it only showed for 30 seconds, but it pops up every 15 minutes. Uh, and it can override, you know, obviously major moments on a stream. If it's popping up every 15 minutes for 30 seconds and it takes up the whole video, yeah, there's a good chance that it's going to get in the way of uh, some important moments. This completely ruins the experience and makes embeds a vastly inferior way to engage with streams. As of a few days ago, Twitch has made embeds even worse with yet another barrier. A disruptive message telling users to get the full experience on Twitch. At least you can close this message, but it's another annoyance that negatively impacts user experience. So on top of having that first 30 seconds and then every 15 minutes, Twitch also has this pop-up. And you can see this if you search fish, fish sticks. Yeah, I see it. Um, I was just talking to the chat. If you want to see these, these or like if you're listening and you want to see these, you can see them. If you haven't already seen them as a viewer. Where it has like the thing now, get the full experience right in the middle of the screen. Fucking like call to action uh, on the video. Um... Uh, where am I? I'm losing myself here. Oh, here we go. Um, so between the P Twitch PSOD and this, it's clear that Twitch is doing what they can to hamstring their own embed product, but streamers, viewers, and Twitch do benefit from the embed. Uh, views count towards the metrics for streamers. Embeds allow users to subscribe and follow a channel directly. Developers are creating new experiences around the Twitch player and facilitating discovery for new communities. I would go so far to say that Twitch would not be what it is today without embeds. It was team and this is kind of true because this this would relate to Jeff and I directly. We would remember this. Uh, I, he says it was Team Liquid's StarCraft II streams that were embeds on their website back in 2010 that produced the initial momentum that led to Twitch's launch in the first place, which is 100% accurate. When Twitch was first starting, Team Liquid's webpage is fucking bigger than Twitch as a website, and they would take the embeds onto Team Liquid's. Every tournament, every, like, pro match, whatever they were running on Team Liquid, all went through that shit and was a large part of what was running up, first of all, Twitch in general, but also the esports scene that would blow Twitch out of the water in the early goings. Um... Also, he mentions developers uh, are obviously not happy with this because there's a lot of developers developing around this kind of content. For example, what we just mentioned there with the uh, with the games done quick with the virtual experience they had that was all been, uh, built around 
uh, the embed uh, as well. And he says that obviously his greatest hope is that uh, we can convince Twitch that the you know the embed player is worth supporting and to roll back what they've been doing uh, with it. And then he asks for other developers to to you know help him spread the word, which this got around quite a bit, thousands of of interactions. So uh, yeah, that's it's um, I I tried to think about like what were the what would be the reasons why Twitch would be do, uh, so aggressively getting people to the site since ads play on the embeds anyway so it's not necessarily a um, you know a measure for revenue generation for example or something like that um, but I mean other sites are doing uh, doing the same thing if you if you try and go to Reddit on your mobile phone and you're not logged in on the app Reddit app. I mean, you literally get blown up. You can't even, it's almost unusable. Like, you have to, like, you, you're clicking through 17 different fucking things that are like, are you sure you want to use the web browser, or would you like to use your app? Are you sure you want to use the web browser, or are you sure you want to use the app? And then, and you can't even see full comment threads, unless you're going through it anymore. They're basically, like, hard-locking you into their app, which, by the way, their app is fucking terrible. That's why nobody wants to use it. So... Uh, Twitch isn't the only person doing this. I don't know enough to say what exactly is the reasoning behind it, but, uh, it, it does, it, it, it kind of sucks. It, uh, it kind of sucks. Just from, like, yeah. the experience, I mean, there's not much else to talk about, I just wanted to, like, yeah, put it I out mean, there. I mean, I'm kind of on the, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, there, there, there are specific things where it kind of sucks. Um, but do I blame Twitch? No. I don't, I don't blame Twitch. I'm not, like, this isn't Twitch news that I'm like, oh, shame on them. No, you know, here's just- another, here's another thing that they did, oh my god, like, there there's i i can think of many reasons why they're doing this um number one is um for one you're you're getting you're getting a lot of illegal streaming mm-hmm. um being embedded onto websites mm-hmm. um and people are using twitch um live streaming to embed on websites mm-hmm. whether that's for watching pay-per-views watching movies watching whatever that happens um, and they probably want to be able to control um, what, where content is being watched. Yeah, obviously. Um, now you can make the argument. Well, I mean, it's still being streamed on Twitch, but um, a lot of those people are watching it from other websites, and yeah. other websites are using the clout from Twitch to drive uh, advertisement dollars to their sites. I mean. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking, we're talking, you know, say if there's an eSport um, thing, which I think primarily is the most affected thing here yeah. is eSport events. Just so big, say, big, example, big events in general, like yeah. communities. So, yeah. Yeah. So say, for example, there's an eSport event for League of Legends, LCS and Riot. And this is a theoretical, but mm. Riot is saying, hey, guys, come and watch um, this LCS championship on riot.tv and there's an embedded stream of twitch but you've got all of riot's advertisements riot's um way that they want you to experience um the way that you're watching content not only that they want to block out your ability to watch other content and they want you focused on their content which makes sense it's what they're broadcasting but at the same time twitch really isn't in the business of uh you know, doing it strictly for the benefit of the streamer. We know this. They're in it for the benefit of Twitch. 
and they want viewer retention. They want people that, hey, if there's a break, say LCS goes on a 15-minute break in between matches, they want the ability for people on their website to discover other talent, other channels, and then go over there and stay on the site longer. I mean, it's really not rocket science. Um, And I kind of like this move from a business standpoint because Twitch has more control over the people that are watching it on their site. Now, they aren't physically taking things down, but I can see them in the future being worse than this. Instead of this every 15 minutes or half hour, whatever it is, maybe it just is the purple screen of death indefinitely until you go on the website and watch the channel from there. I mean, and that's really- what, and that's what I mean. Uh, yeah, or not, not that's what I mean. But that's I agree with that point. Is that, um, is that if they were going to go this route, and it was specifically with the the case of the user of the user staying, like all, all you mentioned is a hundred percent accurate. You want people to stay on your site as long as possible. You don't want people to be on somebody else's site as long as possible. Um, you know, and, and reducing your revenue down to whatever ads you show through the embedded player, you want, you know, interaction on your site, which drives other revenue opportunities. Yeah. That's a hundred percent accurate. So what I, why I was confused is that, uh, and also the other things you mentioned, for example, the cry, trying to find ways of cracking down on illegal, uh, streaming activity, um, uh, is also great, which is why at the end of the day for me, I'm just wondering why wouldn't they just fucking close down embeds entirely? Well, I think I think and I think that's where we're going. I yeah. just don't think they're they're Is this doing their half it. Step? Yeah, I mean, instead of just going full blown, you're fucked. They're starting the process. They're just making it not fun experience to watch, and so you just go on the webs on Twitch's website and watch it. I mean, it's it's one link away. Not only that, there's a lot of websites that have a lot of traffic and people are um, artificially embedding their streams on sites that have traffic, which is artificially bumping their numbers on, on the streams as well. So if you're on a web, if you're on a website or landing page and there is a fair amount of traffic and you embed a stream on there, you're going to get artificial click through rate and watch rate, even though they really have no intention to watch your stream at all, which I think is also gaming the system. Not only that, there could be bots. This might be also where bots are, are generating uh, large amounts of views instead of going on Twitch directly. They're going on these off websites and then embedding themselves in to artificially boost numbers. There's a reason for this. It makes sense. I don't think really anybody should be getting upset over this. Um, you know, it, it, I, you know, yeah, Fish Sticks, yeah, he's a guy that's been around. He's a founding father of Twitch. Yeah, he's good dude. I'm sure his intentions are 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 in the right place here, but I also think it's starting to become fun to really put Twitch under a microscope and bitch about everything they do. And I think that this is one of those things to even go as far to try and make an argument here to 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 further his point of well, Twitch was built on embedded. Well, no shit, that was ten years ago. It's 2021. Twitch is. What is Team Liquid in 2021? I mean, Twitch is a gigantic juggernaut. And this isn't this isn't the streaming business of of 2010, 2011. This is 2021 where where there are hundreds of millions of people that are watching this shit on a yearly basis. This is more than just hey, we can get 300 embedded uh views on Team Liquid 
uh, during your StarCraft stream in 2011. Now we're talking people are getting hundreds of thousands of views concurrent on Twitch. This is a multi-begillion dollar business. This isn't, uh, you know, Emmett calling up and saying, hey, how would you like to be part of this Twitch initiative? We're, we're, we're going to embed games. I mean, we're far beyond that. That's the, that's a, such a ludicrous thing to to throw in there to, to try and strengthen an argument that this is bad for the viewership. I mean, is it really bad for viewership? Really? Let's keep it 100. Your experience for anything you're watching on Twitch is better on Twitch. There's nothing in that post that is incorrect. You're, 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 say, for example, the website you're on has garbage hosting and you're getting lag and it's choppy. And then you immediately think, well, maybe it's Twitch that's fucking up. Bad on them. You know, if you're on the website and you're having these problems, if you're on Twitch, then you blame Twitch. But you're taking Twitch, Twitch's service, and you're morphing it to your own site for your own personal gain, and Twitch is getting nothing from it. So I think all signs point to, yeah, remove the embedded. If they, and that's a decision that, they, that they're making. I can't argue it. If they left it, I mean, who's going to complain? Nobody. But if they didn't leave it, I think everybody that has a business mind and can really think that there are legitimate reasons why they're doing it. And I'm sure that there's probably other technical reasons why they don't want that, that I'm not even privy of. But I'm just spitting off the top of my head as why I think th- this could be a problem. Yeah, the reason why I said I couldn't think of anything is just because they're not just shutting the whole thing down entirely. And the only reason that they would not just shut it down entirely is because they're trying to be diplomatic about shutting down the service. Yeah, because so. because Backlash, right? uh, it's cool to hate Twitch. No well, I mean, do. at that point for Twitch, you know, I'm in Twitch's position uh, I, and, and that it let's 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 say that, that just in a hypothetical that that was the main driver for the, the decision to be doing this is the stuff that you're that you're talking about, which is more than likely the case where you're you're trying to, you know, ultimately websites now want you to log in so that they have your email, your name, all that shit. They can sell it to advertisers. Everyone knows this. That's what yep. they want. That's what Twitch wants you on their website to do it. So, you know, that's obvious the the so for me at this point with twitch especially since twitch also knows that they are cool to be hated on as of uh, as of late it's just fuck it rip the band-aid off nuke it from orbit just, yeah, just walk don't... in and just fucking nuke it and then yeah, like just... what because what's the worst that's going to happen if, if people aren't really going to care like what's what is the absolute worst that happens if twitch comes out and says hey guys we're getting rid of embed uh, of embeds uh, and yeah. and call it a fucking day because well, if it, no, yeah I, I get I get it but I mean why would you if it's gonna you know create a stink that you really don't need to slowly implement it and then get rid of it eventually um, and then they can go hey over the last three to six months we've noticed that the vast majority of people stopped using embedded so we've just decided to close down the embedded completely and anybody with a brain <laughs> can see that, we, that's what's coming we've. We've made embedded nearly impossible to want to watch for a lot of people, and so yeah. we've noticed that because we did that, that everyone stopped using embeds, and so now that they've stopped using embeds, we're going to sh- it's gone. shut it down. Pretty much. I mean, it's the it's the corporate way. I mean, that's just that's just it. That's like that's like the that's that's like the uh, that's like HR or whatever uh, you know fire somebody, but before they do, it's like we can't we can't technically fire you for the reasons we want to fire you legally. So we're going to just make your life a living hell yeah, here until you quit. Until you quit. 
That's like pretty much. That's the idea. Either way, I mean, obviously, for most, for like pretty much ninety nine point nine percent of streamers, um, from a streaming perspective, this doesn't mean anything really. Uh, There's a small handful that this would ever really uh, affect, and uh, this is more of um, something that you know for major esport type deals or big community things that have relied on this stuff for various reasons, whether for their own advertising purposes or just for the the sake of whatever they're trying to spin into their their event, uh, and that's going to be between Twitch and them because the yeah. the, av- the average streamer and the average viewer is unlikely um, yeah. beyond seeing it as an a- an anti ad block message, which is another thing entirely. Um. Next up, eight years deep, Amazon Game Studio is struggling and reported by Bloomberg. Seems that it was all doomed from the start, as far as I can read, Mr. Black. So, I mean, can you can you name me the fine games in the last eight years that Amazon Game Studios has has put out? No. Okay, there's part of the problem. So, Mike Frizz, uh, Frazzini... Who is an Amazon lifer, apparently. This guy's been working so long uh, there that he's like OG, OG. Uh, and he made his, he made his, his way up and, uh, and, and, and kind of got in the good graces of Mr. Bezo um, early, early on in company. And, and got his spot that way. Um, he was originally in the book section of Amazon, which should tell you how long he's been at Amazon. He was in the fucking book section. So, he's been there a while. Uh, he was the guy that uh, they put in charge of this game studio. He had never made a game in his life, and he was previously the head of the book section at Amazon, but because he was there for so long, they were like, hey, fuck it, let's put this guy in charge of this like multi-billion dollar game studio project that we're going to put on. And so they did. Shockingly, that didn't go well, Mr. Black. Uh, as it turns out, not having any experience in the, uh, realm of making video games and then being tasked with making billion dollar franchises within the video game business is more difficult than it might seem. To illustrate that point, uh, he came into this thing and if you, uh, what he did was he was put in spot and then all he did was he went out and he did what Google did as well, which we're going to talk about shortly after this as a follow-up, uh, where... He went out and he bought up as much top-tier talent from the industry that would be willing to leave their positions in other places to come and work at Amazon. So he did. He had all that money to spend. He went out and bought up a bunch of people. Jade Raymond, uh, and then several, I mean, there's a list of deep industry talent from top places around the world. Builds the studio up. It's like, all right, it's time for action. First thing comes out of his mouth. He said, every game had to be a billion-dollar winner. There is no such thing as making a game that isn't going to be a billion-dollar revenue uh, expedition, I guess we'll call it. Um, and he, and like, like anyone who would probably be stuck in that place who didn't know anything about video games, he made as many ties to, like, League of Legends and the other billion-dollar players in the, uh, in the industry, World of Warcraft, uh, as humanly possible, uh, to, to illustrate his point of just what he was hoping for this, this, uh, games section of Amazon to accomplish. Uh, they then went out of their way to create their own proprietary engine to better integrate with Amazon systems called Lumberyard. Lumberyard is basically just a chopped and screwed version 
of uh, of Cryotex engine, which is the engine that runs Crisis, but it was an older version of uh, of the Crytek engine. Uh, and as it turns out, that was also a terrible idea. That, according to the devs, is one of the slowest engines they've ever worked in. Uh, cumbersome, difficult to work with in general, and so slow that when compiling things within this engine, they would often play Halo and other games on the side while they waited for it to compile shit. <laughs> <laughs> at work <laughs> so uh not exactly top tier you know game development engine uh, uh you know furthering that Frazzini then uh apparently heads up a bro culture that's another classic in the games industry right now the uh, the bro culture then on top of that ignored largely ignored advice from the Many industry veterans that he bought uh, out upon the division opening. So he went out and bought all these top video game people and then ignored basically everything that they told him and then just kept cramming bullshit down the pipe Rip. and hope for the best. And what did we get from that? Well, their first game was the game that they based on the show uh, The Grand Tour, which is basically Top Gear but Amazon because, you know, uh, the, the boys left BBC after... Uh, Jeremy Clarkson got fired for punching the producer in the face or whatever the fuck it was. And so they made a game based on the Grand Tour. And as it turns out, that was a pretty shit video game. Big shocker on that one. And then their follow-up to that, that everyone in the streaming uh, space would know more, uh, was Crucible. Crucible came, and it left so fast. Quick. So very fast. It's a terrible game. They put that back into beta for a while, after uh, everyone told them their game was terrible. And then uh, they decided that after a while, you know what? This ain't worth it. So they just canceled the shit outright and said, nope, Crucible ain't it. Bye-bye. And that is exactly how a lot of other games internally have gone, apparently. There are loads of projects that they dumped many millions of dollars into that they have just canceled over and over again internally. Uh, this, in, this, this section of Amazon is costing them a cool roughly $500 million a year. And they have produced the Grand Tour and a failed beta of the Crucible. That is their winnings for $500 million a year. Rip. So, their next game is the MMO New World, which uh, some streamers have also been talk to, talking about, and there's some, some uh, preview stuff going around on that. It was originally supposed to arrive in 2020, but is now slated for spring of this year. Um, so, yeah, that was all kind of like a, 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 a sister point to the fact that Google shut down their games division of Stadia this week. So we've got two great examples of very wealthy companies that want to cash in on the video games industry but are un and uh, but are unwilling to put at the head of these things people that know what the fuck they're doing in the video games industry while simultaneously buying out some of the best talent the industry has and then not listening to any of said talent when the talent yep. says hey no <laughs> you can't do it impossible you want like google stadia bought out a bunch of people some of the best talent in the fucking uh, in the f- fucking industry to prop up their streaming service. Okay, great. What does that mean? We want tr- we want AAA games for the launch of Stadia. Okay, 
billion dollar franchises in two years in a team that's been just brought together nobody really has worked with each other before necessarily uh we don't like we don't have any clear fucking uh goal for the project out of the gate is fresh start two years triple a game billion dollar project boom make it happen push stadia as it turns out you can't do that nope uh and uh and they just continue to fail to, to recognize that so Amazon is, I think Amazon, if this MMO thing doesn't work, I think Amazon's game studio is going, bye-bye. Yeah, they're and- just going to have to stick to movies or like TV movies and, you know, being Amazon. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's either that or they have to admit that they put the wrong guy in charge and just fucking put somebody in charge that knows what they're doing. You can't spend $500 million a year on an, on a on a on any it doesn't have to be gaming on any market that they wanted to enter five hundred million dollars a year with zero return and all loss sounds like mixer <laughs> like basically right I mean you do that you know what you do that in you do that in an you do that starting up a business in an industry that almost doesn't even exist because all the startup costs are so high yeah and you're and you and you do that in an industry that is projected to have huge returns video games can make a lot of money but the margins on those aren't necessarily fucking astronomical so even if they smash all this shit out the park they've still got years of 500 million dollar losses to try and make up for so uh anyway amazon you know is is blowing the goat but google stadia admitted defeat Google being Google did their usual thing of we started up this thing, we hired a bunch of the best talent, and now we're going to shut the project down in the fir- side of the first 36 months uh, because it didn't work out or make us billions of dollars like we would hope to. Uh, and so it's gone. Jade Raymond, gone. 150 developers in the game studios that were making those games, out of work. Google said they are going to try, the operative word in that sentence being try, to reposition them in jobs elsewhere within Google. Good luck. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. So I have to ask this, Mr. Black. Do you think Stadia as an actual service is going to stay around for a heck of a no. lot longer? No, it's done. Stadia's dead. It's over. It's <laughs> over. It's got two years tops. It's done. Nobody wants it. If you're not even willing to make games for your own platform, what makes you think other people are <laughs> It's over. This is like this this right here is this is a fatal blow. This is like this is this is Twitch putting up the purple ring of death <laughs> saying, "Hey, we'd like to interrupt this to let you guys know you should probably watch this on our site." And that's pretty much what's going on right now. That's the, this is their version. They're winding it down. Yep. I think they're I I think they're hoping that they can like so their plan is to is to double down on third party developers and getting them onto the platform. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't that gonna ain't happen, bro. That ain't when, when those when those developers realize that nobody has Stadia, they're gonna go, <laughs> Why in the fuck are we even developing for this piece of shit? It ain't this ain't it. <laughs> it's not worth the time, bro. Yeah, they're like, hey, can you uh, can you please uh, you know develop for uh, for our Stadia here? Okay, how many users you got? Eh, we got about twenty thousand worldwide. That's a big <laughs> no for me, dog. <laughs> we got about. Can oh, you imagine? And we got guess about what? 20, and guess what? Eighteen thousand of them we gave away for free. For free, yeah. Yep. And it's gone. 
I'm not uh, even exaggerating. It's it's that bad. Yeah, it's, it's oh bad. no, it's that bad. It's it's, it's really terrible. that bad. They basically gave it away, and people still aren't using it all that. They much. still don't care. Yeah. Like Stadia could legitimately email me right now and go, "Hey, Maximus, we got a great opportunity for you. We'd love to give you Stadia on the house. All right, three years subscription for free. All right, just tweet out about it, make a little Instagram post, something, make a YouTube video. I don't care what it is. I'm not even going to reply to the email." It goes to junk mail. It's not worth my time. I don't. I don't want to have to take the time when I inevitably throw it in the garbage to yes. take it to the electronics depot to properly dispose of it. Yes, I, it doesn't even deserve that. That that's it, going out of my way to throw it in the trash. And this is coming from a guy that collects video games, where I just like maybe have it sitting on a shelf somewhere to say <laughs> I have it. No, no, that ain't it. <laughs> Uh, so there you go Amazon and Google both quasi admitting defeat there Amazon is still doubling down on their shit so we'll see how much longer that lasts we'll see how the MMO goes New World Uh, but uh, but my god they're going to need that's going to have to be a real winner that one to to start recouping costs I I don't think Amazon's gaming division is going to last much longer and I agree I think Stadia's got somewhere between two and three years before Google pulls the plug and just says you know what we tried boys but we're going to sell off our tech to somebody else. I don't know how much longer it's going to take people to realize that live streaming games, as amazing as it would be, and as as much of the part of the future as it probably is, we're not fucking there. We're not even we're not even close enough that you can right. bridge the gap by burning money to yeah. reach the the actual point in time in which people can do it appropriately. The yeah. internet infrastructure in North America and most of Europe is not capable of taking that shit it's just not there yet um so uh yeah when I mean, we were we're still i still think we're i think we talked about this last year when stadia yeah, was first coming out. out we're like five we're like five seven years out i i think we're closer to 10 Ooh. for yeah. internet infrastructure it's possible you might be right Seriously. like a, like it's just because it's it's not necessarily the speed it's caps yeah is the problem as long as caps still exist in markets like the u.s It'd be tough. It ain't happening. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, Next up. Ah, Nintendo. Speaking of of stuff that should be in the future five or ten years. Nintendo is finally replacing their NEX service, which is what they were running their online services on for 18 years. This is some Nintendo DS online level of internet infrastructure for their online gaming, which might explain why all of Nintendo's online gaming is fucking embarrassing. Yeah. And why it feels like it's still in 1987. Because it is. Because it's basically in 1987. Uh, So it's finally retiring it and replacing it with uh, their new NPLN system, which uh, will debut alongside... Monster Hunter Rise, which, if you're going to name a game that could use a good internet connection, that would be one of them. Um, but yeah, congratulations, Nintendo. Slow, well done. You've entered, you know, two. I don't know, two thousand three. Uh, some fucking year. Because uh, uh, you got to think, Nintendo's eighteen-year-old tech is really actually like fucking thirty-five-year-old tech. Because whatever you think Nintendo was using right out of the gate, was not new age tech. That shit was already ancient to begin with. So I'm going to put Nintendo's new online services somewhere in the neighborhood of 
uh, the transitional period between Xbox, the original Xbox Live, and the 360's Xbox Live. That's what I'm going to say the next version of their online service is going to probably fall. Somewhere in there. Which is about five to ten hundred times better than their current, than their current offering. So, good job, Nintendo. Welcome to the semi-future. BlizzCon has been confirmed to be happening and live streaming for free this year. Uh, it's going to be on the, I think it was 19th, yeah, 19th and 20th. The teaser, however, the video that they put out, if you've watched it, Mr. Blank, didn't have a hell of a lot of shit that I cared about. I mean, there was no StarCraft, no Heroes of the Storm that I could tell in, in that. Uh, it, was spar- it was sparse. There wasn't a lot, actually, in general. There was, and, and which is not shocking, because if you think about it, name me the projects that Blizzard are currently working on. World of Warcraft. Uh, I've got World of Warcraft. Yeah. Uh, five, five people working on Hearthstone once every six months. Overwatch too. Um, oh, that's a bold assumption that Overwatch Two <laughs> is still happening. Um, mobile uh, Diablo, I guess. And then they brought they bought out Activision bought out or or, or brought them in to take over Diablo 2's remake. So I don't even want to count that. Like, that's a technicality. Vicarious Mm. Visions is doing that shit, ain't Blizzard. So, uh, what do you think is going to show up at this? I want your predictions, Mr. Black. As a a Blizzard enthusiast of yore, what is, uh, of yore, meaning in in, in the past, not so much anymore, but in the the past, what, what are your predictions for this year's BlizzCon? Will we be asked if we have phones? No, but they will say... (laughs) It's good that you do have it because we've got Diablo coming on your phones, so we'll have that. Um, you'll get something on Overwatch Two, the probably a release date. Um, more World of Warcraft related stuff, whether it's an expansion or something to do with classic. And um, that's it. <laughs> that would be the show. Uh, I think we're going to get, um, a very small sliver of Overwatch 2, just to show everyone that it's still alive on life support somewhere. I think we're definitely going to get a lot of Diablo Mobile. A lot of Diablo Mobile. Uh, I think we're going to get a quick recap on how well World of Warcraft is doing, and whatever small little next update that they got coming for it. Not major, but small one. Just be like, hey guys, guess what? World of Warcraft still has 25 million fucking players paying us $15 a month. Aren't we fucking awesome? <laughs> and then they'll show like a small fucking trailer of like some like little mini, you know, minuscule update thing, and that'll be it. And then I think what's coming is we're going to get like some sort of weird retrospective, like, feel-good 30-plus years of Blizzard montage. Probably. And everybody in the montage will no longer work at Blizzard. <laughs> yes, yes. That'll be Yes. It. Yes. And then they'll end it with how they're going to go out into the future, which I guess is like Overwatch 2. It'll Ooh. be like some, some nonsense. It, yeah, it's... Uh, a hot mess. Uh, but yeah, well, 18th, 19th. What what days did that, or 19th, 20th, what days does that fall on? That is, that is on uh, Friday and Saturday. All right. So we're, we'll, we'll be uh, behind a week, but we'll talk about it at the podcast for the following, the following week. Uh, next up, we've got Mass Effect Remaster. We get the trailer for that finally popped off. 
and uh, they opened up a lot about what they're actually changing in the games. They want to make very sure people understand so they're not disappointed. This is not a remake of the games. These are remasters. Those two terms have been kind of fucking, like, used. Yeah, co-mingled. Yeah, yeah, so much that people, I don't even think people know the difference between difference. those two anymore. Uh, and they're trying really hard to make sure people understand what to expect in this package. So, uh, the trailer, though, looked great. I mean, it really did... They've used AI upscaling, as you might expect. A lot of game, uh, remasters doing that now because it does such a good job uh, in in most cases and doesn't require nearly as much, uh, you know, human involvement to uh, other than some touch-ups for Mass Effect One uh, and to a lesser degree, of course, Mass Effect Two, and then in an even lesser degree, whatever they had to do to Three because Three still looks really good. Um, and then they talked about. Um, for example, what other touches they did. So there's texture upscaling, but they also added a lot more like lighting effects and whatnot to bring it closer in line to Mass Effect 2 and 3. So they all visually look very similar now or as similar as you could hope to make those mm. games that are so far apart in age. Uh, and then they went on to talk a bit about what they're changing as well, because it is a remaster, but they are making some small changes. So, for example, Mass Effect 1, as we talked about the podcast, I think it was last week when we talked about or the week before, uh, Mass Effect 1 has not aged well. Of all of them. It's by far the worst in terms of visuals and everything. The mechanics are fucking wonky. Uh, it needed a lot of work to be brought in line. And that's what they're doing. So it's going to be closer in combat to Mass Effect 2. They're going, uh, they're, they're bringing the, the combat closer in line to that. And then also um, they are making Femme Shep, Female Shepherd, um, retroactively the same across all the games. So before they were like, there was no standard Female Shepherd across titles. Uh, so now they're retroactively adding that back through, so it will be the same Shepard all the way through. Um, and uh, also for Mass Effect 3, for those who didn't play it, one of the big things in 3, without talking spoilers, is that you're preparing for war, basically. And one of the mechanics in which that you could increase your party's readiness was to participate in the multiplayer. And the multiplayer in Mass Effect 3 was actually pretty fucking fire, and so nobody really cared, and it was kind of a cool way. You didn't have to. In fact, when I did my playthrough, I was maximum readiness, and I didn't touch multiplayer at all. Uh, but it was a way that you could do it if you wanted to. Like, let's say you didn't want to do all the side quests in the main game, but you liked the multiplayer. They basically rewarded you with galactic readiness for the campaign. So... Uh, because that's not a thing, because they're not going to be supporting or able to support online play for Mass Effect 3 in this remaster, they are changing it, uh, like, they're changing the weights of all of your actions across the three games to improve your galactic readiness. So, you can still not have to, like, grind like crazy to have maximum readiness, and not, and, you know, especially since there's no multiplayer, so... They've made those changes and a couple of other uh, changes as well, but uh, everyone seems pretty positive on it so far, especially since it's just a remaster and not a remake. Um, and I think that's going to be their biggest challenge, honestly, is going to be releasing this and having people not have already, you know, they, I think people now when they hear remaster, they think Resident Evil 2. Yeah, that ain't it. That ain't it. Resident Evil 2 was a ground, ground up rebuild. That This is not that at all. The, the, first of all, the magnitude of rebuilding a Mass Effect game versus rebuilding <laughs> Resident Evil 2, orders huge. of magnitude differently. It's just huge. huge. You can't yeah. possibly. Uh, you'd basically be making a new game. Like, you'd be spending $200 million yeah. to redo it. So, um, yeah, but it, lo yeah, it looks great. I think it's exactly, you know, for people that played it on PC, 
if you've been playing it on PC and you had the mods, uh, you're going to get a very similar experience. Because that's what it is. It's essentially like modded graphic, you know, with some slight uh, alterations that other mods have also already done. So uh, it won't be a wildly new experience in that regard. But playing console, new people, new consoles, 4K60, uh, with the new lighting and everything, it's going to look really good. And it's going to be a great way for people to hop in. Like we mentioned before, they have a new Mass Effect coming up. This is the way to get people back on Mass Effect. Reli- you know, maybe it's a re-experiencing Mass Effect or new people getting into it. This will be the best way to experience it now. All in one package. Hop from one game to the next. No fuckery. Your save files go from one to the next. All the decisions from one, effect two, two, effect three, and one. All of it, all intertwined. Which, by the way, I mentioned this to M last night when we were watching the trailer. Not very many games have attempted to do what Mass Effect did with that save file shit. Because it's a, it can it can be such a, a, a spaghetti monster to try and to pull off. But how many games, even to the degree that Mass Effect did, have gone out of the way to be like, alright, if you played one, you can import your save. Your character comes with you. They basically look the same. You can make tweaks if you want. Great. Take it a step further. Decisions that you made in the last game at major, uh, pivotal points are going to change how your story plays out in two. And mm. then when you get into three decisions you made in one and two affect three and yeah the ending of three plays out basically the same way across the board but it changed your experience between the beginning of the game and the end uh and tailored it to you and it made you feel like it was really your story you were playing and not necessarily the same story everyone else was that's just fire yeah like it's it's uh like dragon age which is another bioware game ironically so like nobody's really been uh doing that shit and it was it was Especially back when this first came out, that was mind-blowing to have that happen. Uh, and it still is, so it's, it's, pretty, um, uh, it's pretty awesome. So anyway, there you go. Mass Effect coming up. Um, I would ask if Jeff, if Jeff would give it a shot, but he doesn't have time to even take a shit recently. So nope. I'm going to go with yeah. no. <laughs> I might. When it comes out, I might do a rerun through it. I just did Mass Effect games not, uh, you know, uh, not that long ago, but if they're going to put this out, this collection, I might... I might do another run through because uh, it's one of my favorite series. The, the shit's fire. It's, it's really well done. Um. Oh, here we go. Oh, I, I got this is a good question I got for Mr. Black. I, can't, I, I, I want I want his opinion on this one. So, seemingly out of the blue, not that anyone would have thought this wasn't going to happen, but EA comes out and says, "Hey guys, I need you to ignore the fact that Star Wars has fallen off the face of the earth for us. We need some positivity around here at Electronic Arts." And boy. Do I have something for you? Well, I got two things. One, NCAA football is coming back, but ignore that. We want to talk about the real big guns. And that's Battlefield. We all know you guys are used to getting Battlefield games more frequently, but we've been fucking it up so hard for the last few years that we just haven't done it. But now we've been we've been in the, the hyperbaric time chamber, Jeff. We went in, we wore the cape. It was weighted down, we come out of the chamber, we take the cape off, the shit hits the ground, dust flies up, and everyone's like, oh, you move faster now, better, stronger, more powerful than ever before, Battlefield, coming up, at the end of 2021, holiday season, new Battlefield game is coming, that's going to be bigger than ever before, and supporting more players in multiplayer than they've ever had, which is no small statement, because Battlefield has had games where they've supported you know, like, oh, well over 100 people uh, on the field, which, you know, something like 
Warzone does, but the, the, the difference is in Battlefield, uh, they had destructible environments, which is a damn slight harder thing to do with 150 people on the map than, uh, than static shit. So, um, my question to you, Mr. Blank, is what in this current world dominated by Call of Duty, because Warzone is dominating uh, that space right now, even though Warzone is quite literally dog shit. But people are playing it on mass, uh, uh, in mass, so they obviously want that experience. But what does a Battlefield game, after their last failure with their, their previous, uh, you know, a Battle Royale, what does a new Battlefield game do in the current market that's so heavily dominated by hacking, stim glitch abusing, camping Warzone shitfests? What does Battlefield do to get back in the game? And, 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 and be, like, on par. Because Battlefield and Call of Duty used to trade blows, right? And then at some point, Call of Duty just fucking, like, found a sixth gear with NOS and just fucking, like, took off like a bat out of hell. It's like in, in Fast and the Furious where Vin Diesel, like, laughs at, uh, at, uh, um, uh, fucking what's-his-name's character uh, for pressing NOS too early. It's like, too soon, kid. And he, like, fucking, like, presses his own and he fucking wins the race. That's like Call of Duty versus Battlefield right now. Right, where where Call of Duty is Vin Diesel, and now Battlefield is looking to make its way back into the race. What do they do? Uh, I mean, th- there's nothing they can do to beat Call of Duty, but to be a competent game that people will play. I mean, they just need to not make a shitty game. <laughs> that I mean, there's I don't know how how else to add it. I mean, their last iteration was dog shit. Nobody played it. Nobody liked it. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to add. I mean, I'm just really not interested in. I mean, we used to play a lot of like bad company Two, for example, was a fire game. We played a shitload of bad company Two. battlefield used to have it. They had the juice. It was there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a different time too back then, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. I, do you know, think man. do you think that they basically just try and copy Call of Duty's formula at this point? Do they do they concede like do they concede the fact that their formula is not going to work anymore and they need to like conform and then lean hard into the Call of Duty formula? Do you think that's the route they're going to take? It it might be. I mean, they might they might lean into that and then just add tanks and and vehicles, you know, with with destructible debris. I mean, I think if they do that they're in a far better position than trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, And I mean, people are just conditioned now for the Call of Duty experience that like, even if they made a competent game that felt like Battlefield, maybe people just aren't interested in it anymore. We might be there. That's a tough, yeah. Like they just might not be into it anymore. And, you know, no matter how shitty of a game Call of Duty is, let's, let's be real, man. It's the most competent Call of Duty game in like, you know, seven years, it's playable. And like Call of Duty is ultra successful on their unplayable games. At least this, like people are actually enjoying playing. So Godspeed battlefield. You need it. I mean, I'm rooting for battlefield. There's a part of my, my soul that loves battlefield. I just, I think I'm checked out. It's kind of like halo now for me. I'm checked out. I mean, I'm not sure you could do anything to win me over. I mean, I'm not the masses, but I'm over it. 
I think, you know, uh, yeah, personally, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm similar. I really like, you know, I, I suffer through Warzone because I still enjoy that kind of multiplayer experience. There's something about that experience that when all the, when everything's firing on all cylinders, it's, it just feels good. Unfortunately, you have to wade through heaps of shit to get yeah. to that, to that, you know, euphoric kind of experience, um, at this point, but it's there and and currently warzone is the closest thing to providing that over all the other multiplayer shooters for the yeah. mass market you know if you're not looking at something like uh, you know valorant or some shit which is so wildly different so yeah battlefield i think um i think battlefield really uh, you know what you know what blew my fucking mind first of all that battlefield's br was so bad <laughs> it was horrible like and- it's Battlefield. How you can think, you fuck that up? You would think that they would be like, hey, y'all got to remember, we're the original Battle Royale. You know, we're the fucking, we're the goats in terms of like, we created this without really creating it. Watch what we do. The pioneers of ba- of, of of Battle Royale, because that's what Battlefield was. I mean, when you have so, it wasn't like in its traditional sense, Battle it wasn't Royale. last man standing, but it was a no. hundred pl- plus people on a map working towards goals. Yeah, on like yeah, it was bad. It was a battle royale. It was a battle royale. That's what. That's really. It was a team based battle royale. That's what it was. And Bro, uh, when, they fucked that one up. When they came out and said we got a BR coming, I said, "Oh shit, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. This is it. Destructible environments within the confines of battle royale." But you know what their misstep was? They tried to what you just said. They tried to reinvent the fucking wheel. Yep, don't do it. Be yourself. They tried. They tried to reinvent the fucking wheel in BR. You know what people yep. want in a BR? They want to jump. They want to jump out of a fucking plane, land on the ground. Yep. Pick up some shit and get to the end with a circle that gets smaller and smaller. That is literally what they. They don't want variations of that because that's a different genre. BR is a genre now. You got to respect it. It's not a game mode anymore. It's a yep. genre. So you have to yep. respect the genre. If you come out. And you decide to take a call to BR and then just make it a glorified version of your already existing multiplayer modes. That's yeah. not going to fucking fly. If you take Warzone and you add destructible fucking houses and shit, oh my god! Yeah. It ends the game! Yeah. Warzone's dead! Yeah. Instantly! No more campers yeah. because you when you drop an airstrike or a fucking cluster strike, just it just levels place. the fucking building. Yeah. No more rats in the corner with a Mac 10 or a fire shotgun sitting yep. there for 15 minutes at a time waiting for the circle to close in. Like, you can't. It's that, not the same thing. But then what they did was not that. And it failed. And it that's failed miserably. Failed. That's why. So Godspeed, uh, Battlefield, you need it. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you from the sidelines. <laughs> uh, but I, I smell failure. And, you know, I'll smell an even bigger failure when they come up with some sort of um, politically uh, driven, <laughs> some kind of like, hey, we've got a we we've 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 got a certain type of character that's going to be the lead in this. It's groundbreaking. We got and, a character and, that's in a rocket powered wheelchair that's got guns strapped to the arms, so yep. that we can get that you know inclusivity on the battlefront field and that's it. And that's Battle, it. Yeah, that's that's just the show. Like, you know, if the, if they go and do that again, because that was another thing when when they were making a big deal out of the fucking the girl on the front of the uh, on the front of the battlefield cover 
And, uh, and and by the and, way, it was like it was like as many minorities as they get into one character, so they didn't have to do multiple. That was so it, it was like yeah. female, not necessarily white, amputee. Yeah. Like it was like several layers. I think I think we're getting to the point now. I think we're getting to the point now where where people are starting to sniff out this bullshit, and they're like, <laughs> guys, we're not telling you you need to make a fucking a white male character as the lead, but stop the fucking madness, bro. Stop this like don't we try know what you're so doing, hard you motherfuckers Just... we know what you're doing yeah stop yeah stop like listen if i listen if i go into if i go into the bedroom and the wife wants some d right all she needs to do is tell me she wants some d i don't need the scented candles to be on and the lights dimmed at a certain fucking dim level. No rose and a window petals. open to crack and a certain piece of lingerie on and the fucking music's playing in the background and it's the favorite song that we first went on a date with and there's like waterfall. <laughs> she got the shower running in the background so I can hear water hitting the ground, you know, and she made sure the fan's off because it ruins the moment. <laughs> and, you know, the, the sun is asleep and the cat is downstairs and the dog is 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 eating treats and he won't bug us for fucking ever i don't need that just tell me you want some dick stop trying so hard because now there's too much pressure it just feels too formulated i don't want it that's true i mean i want it but i don't want it like that it's too packaged this feels artificial and it's a turnoff and that's what they're doing that's what all these video game companies are doing now it's a turnoff I'm like, shit, I was already hard for your game. What are you doing this for? Now I got performance anxiety. Yes. Why are you going to yes. do that? You're going to fuck yes. it all up? Fuck me. Anyway, what's next? Uh, speaking of Call of Duty, Vicstar, who's a relatively large streamer by all intents and purposes, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, uh, quits Warzone after getting tired of the enormous number of hackers... Uh, and as well, I just added this, Activision just not doing anything about it, as well as the glitches that continue to remain and come back often. For example, the stim glitch that is, like, completely fucking ruins the game. So, you've got, you've got this massive successful game where you don't have anti-cheat, you've got people hacking prolifically. You're trying to start up an eSport as a company around your game that you are, that you are inundated with hackers... Recent invitationals are under question because people are 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 actually questioning whether or not some people were hacking during these invitationals because it's so easy and prolific. And then you have all these endless glitches that ruin the experience and you're making all this money and you just can't seem to over any period of time either A, say that you're really going to do something about it or B, actually just do the fucking thing. And so some people, Vicstar is like the major streamer. I know of a couple of streamers that have either dramatically reduced their Warzone time or just stopped playing it outright for the, the same reasons. Nobody wants to like, to solo a game where you go in and, you know, seven out of ten lobbies, you're getting dunked on by somebody hacking. Or the other three out of ten, or I'll say two out of ten, your game crashes or you come up against people infinite stim glitching uh, and just memeing you into the ground and there's nothing you can do about it. Or people abusing the fact that there are some walls right now in Warzone that if you walk past them in a certain way, you can see through them. You're still covered by it, but you can literally wall hack for free within Warzone. It's just crazy. 
I, it just gets worse as time goes on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, to, to further Battlefield's opportunities here, like Jeff was saying, they just have to make a competent fucking video game, which is harder than it seems. It is hard. It is, yeah, making you know games you is not know, easy. You want to know why it's harder than it seems, Adam? Is because they have performance anxiety. <laughs> because they are, they, they are overthinking everything. You ever get into a, you know, for, for those out there that has ever gotten into bed with, 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 with a significant other or a one night stand, I'll use a one night stand. There you go. That's where the right. performance anxiety is going to happen. It ain't going to be you, your, you, your SO. You're swiping on Tinder, right? Yeah. This is before my time, but this is what the cool kids do these days. You're swiping on Tinder and you're swiping like a motherfucker. And next thing you know, you get matched up with this dime piece and you're like, oh my God. And she wants to fuck. It's two o'clock in the morning. And she, <laughs> listen, she don't want to go out and have coffee. She's horny. She's by herself. Her ex-boyfriend's probably banging someone else and she can't get a hold. And so she's swiping Tinder and it just so happened that you're good enough looking that she thinks you're fuckable. So she swipes and you're like, oh my God. You yes, take that I, dub. Yeah, I would love to get in bed with you. This would be awesome. <laughs> what we both want. So you go over to her place or she goes over to your place. One or the other. And then you just think to yourself, you know what? Am I good enough? Did I shave enough down there? How do I smell? Have I fluffed properly? Man, you went on her Facebook. She got a lot of black friends. You're like, damn, am I big enough? What is she going to say? Oh, man, what am I going to do? Next thing you know, you can't get it up because you're overthinking. But the reality is you're an average guy. You're packing some heat. You know, you got enough cock to please. You smell good. You're freshly shaved. You're a good-looking guy. But why? Why are you? Why are you overthinking it? Just go in there and do your job. Please, this woman. She wants it. But instead, you're overthinking it. That's what these games are doing. They're overthinking shit. Oh, I need to have this type of representation. Oh, you know, we need to go bigger. We need to go bolder. We need to change the game. We we need to we we need to we need to capture the old, but also grab the new. <laughs> but what what are the new doing these days? Oh man, they're playing they're playing Among Us. Okay, well what happens if we mixed a battle royale, but with 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 with, 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 with okay yeah yeah, yeah 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 There's a sabotage guy. Emergency he's, meeting. There's, yes yes yes, and he's sabotaging the place, and he's he's setting off landmines in the middle of the of the map, and, and red and is sus. And, and 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 they're overthinking it. And then when they get into the bedroom and it's time to perform, they can't get it up. They can't do it. But before, they didn't have all this pressure. They just made a game. And it was what it was. And people were okay with that. But now, you try too hard. And when you try too hard, you overpromise. And when you overpromise, you underperform. So instead of of being on Twitter with the hot chick and and writing back, man, I'm about to tear it wide. I'm fucking hung like an elephant. <laughs> girl, girl, you don't you don't even know what I'm about to do to you. I'm on my way. Like I'm on, I mean, listen, I'm gonna tear it up. This is gonna be the best sex of your life. I'm telling you right now. Uh. And then you walk in and she's ready. You have her all excited. She is sliding off the bed already. <laughs> She's saying, give it to me. 
Let me see what you got. Take off <laughs> the pants. Don't Let you hide that it. dick. <laughs> don't you hide that dick. Unless it's inside me. Yes. Let me see it. Let me see it. And then you start double guessing yourself. And you're packing heat. You got you got seven inches of dong sitting in your pants, but you're second guessing it. Shit. Is this enough? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've talked of a mad game. But I'm only seven inches when I'm hard right now. I'm three. Man, if I can't get this up, I don't want her to see me flaccid. I start overthinking it. And then what happens? You can't perform. And all she sees... Is a guy that talked a lot of fucking smack, got her all excited for this release, or in this case, a potential release. And now he's need, hung like the Stay Puft Marshmallow guy. And all she sees is a three-inch <laughs> flaccid fuckboy that can't perform. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. Oh, shit. That's fucking funny. So anyway, that's pretty is. much that is pretty much it. What's next, Adam? Uh, Borderlands developer Gearbox got bought out by Embracer Group for one point three billion dollars. To which I say, Gearbox is not worth one point three billion dollars. But then again, neither is the licensed rights to the WWE Network, and it worked out for Vince. So I mean, people are just in the game of spending too much money for fucking properties at this point. Uh, oh, to make it worse, in my opinion, is is that Randy Pitchford is still at the head of Gearbox. So they bought it out, but they didn't replace the crazy dude at the top of the company. So, at least not yet. Maybe they will in the future, but for now, he's he's still, uh, you know, at the top. Uh, canceled GoldenEye remaster. Mmm, the canceled GoldenEye remaster. That was actually supposed to happen. If you didn't know this, GoldenEye 007 was supposed to come out on the Xbox 360 uh, arcade way back in the day. Uh, and it never did, never, never made it out because MGM is so fucking hard assed about its intellectual property with Golden Knights and Saint. I will, I will never understand it, but they are. Uh, so it got, you know, it got sent into the archives and never to be seen again. Well, it came out, uh, and got released and a YouTuber, I can't remember the YouTuber's name, but he played through the whole thing and I watched the majority of it and it looked about as good as you could hope for, for a 360 arcade remaster of... Goldeneye looked great. I'd play the shit out of it, without question. They even had like extra multiplayer levels, were based on like other levels that weren't originally multiplayer in the first place. It's crazy. It looked great. Um, and he said in the in the description that this is supposed to be something that's coming out in 2021. Whether or not that's credible, I don't know. But it doesn't matter anyway because the shit leaked. It's all over the internet now, apparently. So it's out there in the wild. Um, for uh, for other people to pick up, but they uh, they managed to uh, they managed to to to, uh, to make the magic happen, and yeah, it looked good. I mean, people will, uh, you know, if you were to release that game, you polish it up and release it, you will make a good chunk of money just putting that game out. It's free money. Yep. At this point, free dollars and free cents. So you might just as well. Uh, I will say the weird things that I saw in there or noticed where some of the gun names were changed and some of the character names were changed um, from the originals. So, like, the club, for example, which is the the first initial last name of one of the devs, Ken Lobb, uh, was not the club. It was some other gun name. And um, I think the other thing I noticed was that Dr. Doak or whatever in the facility that you would originally talk to uh, 
to get the decoder from or whatever the fuck was a different doctor name entirely as well. Uh, and that was, if I'm not mistaken, also somebody else that was on the dev, uh, the dev team. So anyway, some changes. Either way, it's out there. Um, just doing its thing. That would explain why the fan remake uh, that was in, proce- uh, in process got shut down if they are re- planning to release this one this year. Uh, maybe, shocker here, maybe when they saw how popular that fan remake was getting, they decided to dig this one up out of the fucking archive. It wasn't planned originally, but now all of a sudden it is. Uh, which I think is probably not far flung from the, 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 from reality. <laughs> but you have to also keep in mind that they delayed the Bond movie until the end of the year, so maybe they're going to do like some sort of weird fucking Bond whammo bammo where they're releasing fucking Goldeneye well, remakes. I mean, and MGM is being sold as well, and it's going to be bought up soon. Ah. Um, and so this might even be a play where they might be wanting to release the game so that they can have a little bit more polling power in terms of like video game side uh, where they can show value as well to get more money for licensing. Um, but yeah, they're they're going through a whole lot of stuff right now as well. So um, somebody's going to own the rights to 007 eventually um, or or James Bond in general. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Wonderful. And with that, Mr. Black, it's time to change gears into some sellout. What do you have for us this week? Well, I'll make it short and sweet, guys. Mm. Patreon.com slash lag TV. Head on over there. Keep supporting. You guys are still supporting the podcast. Uh, if you don't have money to throw at the screen, I get it. Uh, head on over to Spotify, or Spotify, iTunes. Leave a review. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the like button. Leave a comment for the algorithm. Um, share it with a friend. If there's certain parts of it that you like, you can check out our clips channel as well. And if you want to go above and beyond, then uh, you can also support one of our sponsors. We've got Elgato. You can use the promo code OTT and get 68% off a two year subscription plus a bonus month. Um, you know, stay safe, stay anonymous on the internet, watch different regions of Netflix. So many streaming services are up and running. I mean, tons and tons and tons. And, um, you know, a lot of them, you're going to get different services in different um countries and some just aren't available in certain countries so you know for example if you want to watch hbo max and you live in canada you need to be in the united states um you can mask your ip to do that you can uh do so much with a vpn other than just stay safe and anonymous which of course is the number one reason to get it uh but you can also stream on them you can game on them there's certain servers that doesn't allow your region to even uh connect so you know, uh, VPNs can help bypass that. And uh, you should just have it just in general. And uh, hey, you're also supporting the podcast at the same time. So NordVPN.com, N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash O-T-T. And the promo code is O-T-T. Also, we've got Elgato, who is also a sponsor here on the channel. If you guys don't already have uh, a stream deck, you all got to get one. If you don't have a green screen, you're looking for one. They sell those. They also have key lights. They have ring lights for your cell phone. If you want to use that as a webcam or if you're doing photography, they also have their wave products, which are their plug and go USB microphones that sound incredible for the price point. Really the best, the best money could buy um, at that level of microphone for a USB plug and play. No need for any uh, cloud um, lifters. No need for audio interfaces or phantom power, whether you're on a laptop, a PC, a Mac, whatever, plug it in and go. Um, so go check out uh, Elgato, and the link to that is in the description below. And that's it. 
wonderful. Also, patreon.com slash lag TV if you want to financially support this podcast directly. I said redo. that. Let's redo it. Oh, really? Oh, sorry. But Adam's just letting you know in case you forgot. Oh, double down on it. Absolutely. Also, like and comment on this video. Hit the bell icon on YouTube. Because I forgot to say that at the beginning as well. And now, it's time to move on to... Movies and TV. Uh, MGM. Speaking of MGM, MGM has secured the rights to uh, a book proposal on the GameStop Wall Street bets memes that took place uh, here recently to produce a movie. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, The Big Short was an awesome movie. Um, I'm sure that this is pretty awesome, too. Like, just the story behind it and... Story ain't even over yet. It ain't even ended and they're already like, all right, we got to get this shit ready. We got Hollywood waste no time. Yeah, I mean, it's hot. I mean, it's hot. I mean, listen. Get on it. You you, you make a a little on-demand movie, not even a theatrical one. You just make a small movie, sell it to fucking Amazon or Netflix. It's all the hype. And uh, a lot of millions of people will watch it. Uh, Beyond that, the only thing I have is that Em and I watched Jiu-Jitsu last night, Mr. Black. Oh, God. Have you seen this movie? I'll never watch this. Yeah, we watched the trailer on on stream. Well, you've seen the trailer, yeah, but you you haven't haven't seen the majesty. I told you I was never going to watch that. The majesty of Nicolas Cage in a movie where the plot is that aliens came to Earth and imbued upon a select few the art of jujitsu with the only caveat being that after having done this, they return to Earth once every six years, like it's the fucking Mortal Kombat tournament, and they have to fight nine fighters, and if the fighters fight honorably and well, then the jujitsu alien won't kill everything on Earth. But if they don't, the jujitsu alien will kill everything on Earth. Somehow, Nicolas Cage, dressed up as a hippie, made his way into this movie uh, to be part of the experience, and I have to say, that of all of all the Nicolas Cage, like the shitty Nicolas Cage movies that I've seen, this is without a doubt from every aspect imaginable, the worst movie he has ever been a part of. And I, of I don't say that lightly. I mean, the writing, the story, the directing, the camera work, every single aspect of this film is the worst I've seen in probably 10 years. Minimum. I believe it. If not ever. Nicolas Cage, because he's just playing a crazy hippie dude, does exactly what he needs to do in that movie, and every scene that he's in is obviously the most palatable of the film, because it's just Nick Cage playing as Nick Cage, and that's there's some entertainment value to be had there. But one of the, in one scene, he's fighting, like, who's supposed to be the protagonist, but we all know that Nicolas Cage is the real protagonist. Uh, he's fighting him with, with, like, a fucking katana or some shit. And he ends up stepping on top of his piano, and he stops to monologue a bit, where he says he's been taking up some hobbies. You know, he's living alone, but, you know, he's, he's been taking up some hobbies. And he says, hey, look, and he goes, this is the middle of a fight, mind you, a katana fight. He says, hey, look. I make paper hats, and he picks up a paper hat made out of a newspaper like you do in grade school, and he monologues about, about the, 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 how it's a craft. It's like making, making paper hats, you know, it's a craft. And he says, look at this. He holds a paper hat up. 
and then they go back to fighting. That's the level of incredible this movie has to offer you. And if you have the opportunity to subject yourself to this film just so that you know how far down the rabbit hole that shit can go, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Uh, there are things I don't want, like, in case somebody does want to watch it because it's so bad that they want to experience it, I don't want to spoil it, but at the end of this film, I mean, if you took everything that's ever been bad about movies and you put it into one film, this is arguably that. I mean, it's like, it's approaching, like, the disaster artist level. Nice. Like, the room. It's approaching, nice. it's approaching that. Nice. Except, you know, Tommy Wiseau is such a character that, you know, it's not, it's like, it's not memeable. Like, uh, it's not as memeable as The Room, so it doesn't come out that way. So there you go. It's, uh, it's, it's an experience. Uh, experience it at your own, at your own peril. Other than that, I got nothing for movies and TV. You got anything coming up? There, there is, uh, uh, I thought there was one thing. No, I, I can tell you no, that I, a, I can tell you that AMC hasn't rebounded in the stocks yet, and I'm still I'm still down, uh, waiting for uh, waiting for that. I long gamed the fuck out of uh, AMC and BlackBerry. Oh, and, did you? I, uh, I put um, my funds cleared on the first. Yeah, and I only put in three hundred dollars into into AMC. So like, I was just because at the time I was just like, eh, I've already missed this train, but I'll throw a little money in there just in case on the long end. It, yeah. It's, manages to uh to rebound but yeah i think so, i'm down like 100 and i think i might be down 100 yeah, i'm down 30 something percent or some shit because blackberry made up for some of the losses of of uh amc i bought it in amc this is this is why i looked at it i was like all right look i looked at the the chart amc's all-time high was like 30 something dollars yep. and they had support at like 17 18 and at the time it was at 15 dollars or whatever I was like, all right, I'll buy in. So I bought in uh, at at fifteen bucks, roughly, and uh, I knew it would go down before it came back up. I didn't think it would tank this much. Doesn't matter. I wasn't looking for short term shit. No, just sit on it. It's I'm just go sitting back on it because the worst case scenario, AMC is now because of the of the funds injected, they have paid off their debts. They're going to survive yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. And that value, that stock is going to go yeah. right back the up. The biggest theater chain in the world with over a thousand theaters and the best theater real estate in the world. So exactly, you know, yeah, it might, it, it, this might be uh it might take a year and a half, two years before you turn like a good profit, but you know, and uh, AMC, Blackberry, Blackberry was like, for me, uh, their CEO is, is, has a good track record of flipping uh, hurting businesses. They've got a good uh, game plan in place. And they're top dogs for, um, for, uh, like, uh, computer security, basically, or, or, or just security in general. Like, everyone used in business BlackBerry shit because their messaging service was the most secure on the planet. And they're still licensing that shit out for that purpose. So they've got, like, a game plan. I looked at their shit, their all-time high, and then knowing on top of that that there was a chance that for whatever reason a squeeze yeah, could happen. Yeah, speculative. It might, it might boom. And still worst, might. You never know. Right? And wor- like, worst case scenario, it's, it's BlackBerry stock has maintained the same fucking like level for so long that I was like, alright, yeah. fuck it. So I put it in, walked away. Dogecoin has been like fucking all over the place. I waited for a big dip uh, it was at nine cents, went down to five and a half. I was in a couple hundred bucks for that, for the meme. 
and uh, and then it went back down to three, found support at three. Doge is a completely useless fucking secure uh, like uh, asset, but I knew I was like, I'm waiting for Elon Musk to tweet again. What does he fucking do? Three days later, last night, four o'clock in the morning, starts tweeting about Dogecoin. What happens? Shit goes up eighty percent in like fucking forty five minutes. There are some people I saw making eight hundred or eight million coin orders on the on the on the come up last night. So there are a couple of whales just making huge money, literally on Elon Musk tweeting about Dogecoin and just memeing. Yeah, crazy time, man. Wall Street bets is a crazy time. Fucking, I'm, I'm, basically, I'm basically out of it. I'm just watching on the sidelines. I am in for like such a small amount of money. I'm like, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, yeah. I was putting my money, I, I put my money in index funds, like long term index funds. Yeah, so yeah. I. I when some money came in, I just put three hundred dollars on AMC, and that was that was. <laughs> yeah. I, ain't I ain't gambling that shit. Fuck that. No. So I just no. watch it and watch the memes on Twitter. But yeah, uh, that's movies and TV, which means it's now time to move on to tech support. All right, uh, patreoncom slash TV, Like I said, place to be. Uh, Ten dollars or more a month gets you a couple of perks. One of which, and really the primary one right now is asking us questions each and every week on this segment called Tech Support, where we answer your questions as many as we can with the time that we have towards the end of the podcast. That's exactly what we are about to do. Let me just get to the top. Stop. What are you... What is Patreon doing? I literally can't go to the top to see this. All right, there we go. Um... Mark Furry asks, this is a very oddly specific question, why should I spend more than $100 for a single speaker in a home theater? So I'm guessing Mark has been looking at home theater stuff recently and noticing that if you're buying stuff piecemeal, how expensive home theater shit can get. Um, and so why spend more than $100 for a single speaker in a home theater? Uh, well, the short answer is uh, don't if you don't give a shit. Or if it's not worth that money to you, just don't. You know, buy yeah. a home theater in a box where it pushes the cost down, the quality goes down with it, but you just set it all up, you walk away, and you're fucking done. And for like 95% of listeners, that's going to sound more than good enough. Like, you don't need to get complicated about it. Um, the stuff that makes the... Uh, I mean, the speakers do make the the biggest difference in any audio chain. Or like the, you know, it's... And then second to that would be an amplifier. And then everything else is kind of whatever. People start talking about DACs and shit for digital audio. And if you're at that level, you're in, like, the fucking, like, you can tell the difference between a $30 bottle of wine and a $3,000 bottle of wine type shit. Like, that's the type of person that you are. So it's it's headphones or, or speakers and then followed by amplifier and then everything else is fucking kind of whatever. Um, $100 speaker is going to be pretty shit, though. I mean, in, in all honesty, it's going to be pretty bad. At that point, you're better off just buying a soundbar and like walk and walking away. Uh, but you can get some great deals and go from there. Buy a decent receiver and then add over time. You don't need all the shit at once. That's the beauty of a receiver. You buy a receiver and then you just, you, you start with a center channel. Uh, or you start with stereo where you just buy like two, two front firing stereo speakers. And then maybe in the future, you're like, fuck it. I want to hear dialogue better. I'm going to buy a center channel speaker. Just plug it into the, into the fucking... Receiver and away you go. And then in the future past that, you're like, fuck, man, I need to hear some shit behind me. You buy some more speakers. You just fucking fire them up back. And not every speaker needs to be a $6 trillion speaker. <laughs> you just, you just kind of add over time. So, yeah, I mean, do you have to? No. Um, Jeff's got a, a, a very nice setup uh, that came with the house um, uh, originally. 
um, that uh, that sounds you know that that sounds good. Uh, and really, those speakers, you know, the big, the the, uh, the speakers aren't wildly expensive, but they sound really good. You don't need to go like you could look at Jeff's setup and be like, "Wow, that's fucking like nuts." Don't walk into an audio specialty store. You don't know what nuts is. There are some wacky motherfuckers out there that are going to spend like you know for two tower speakers, you know, like ten grand each is still not that crazy for stereo. So, uh, you know, I, w- I would say the, the upper echelon of home theater, where you're not buying home theater in a box, where going past this point, you're not really getting much difference in audio quality for the vast majority of listeners, is probably like five grand. You go north of five grand, and you need to know what you're listening for. And it's just not going to be worth spending that extra money. But you can go out, like I said, home theater in a box, there's a couple of decent ones. Fucking plug the shit in and enjoy your movies. Whatever it is, it will be better than a TV speaker. Yes. <laughs> that's that's it. That's pretty much it. Um G Bros asks, what is the dumbest thing you've seen on Twitch IRL? <laughs> that's a long list of shit. It's like so much. It's actually so much that it's hard to like actually like pull one from memory because so much well, crazy I've seen has that happened. Guy have a gun and shoot the gun. Oh that yeah, was really fucking stupid. That's the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's up there. <laughs> that's. I think that's the worst. I don't think I've yeah. ever seen anything worse than that. Literally, dude has a gun and then he accidentally fires the gun in the house on stream. It's like my god. Yeah. Why do you have a yeah? Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, I I'm just gonna agree with that one because I, I didn't even remember that until you said it now. Yeah, it's that's fuck. That was bad. Um Will Hawkins, if you saw a nickel laying on the ground, would you even bother picking it up? No. No. I'm just gonna be no. No. A dollar though. I'll yeah, fuck with, I'll fuck with a dollar. Yeah. Yeah, dollar would catch my eye. Anything less than a dollar, nah. Ain't happening. Um uh, Neil asks, as Canadians, what do you think is the most Canadian thing? Also, as a non-Canadian, why have I never heard you two talk about hockey? I don't watch hockey for one. And the uh, most Canadian thing. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I find like when people say the most Canadian thing, it just feels very stereotypical. Like I like it. Well, I think that's the idea is it's a stereotype, right? I mean, Canadians aren't as Canadian as you think, you Mm. know, as what people portray them to be, Mm. you know, these super nice, like, Hey, Hey, uh, how's it going there, bud? Uh, Fuck. Yeah. Take it for a rip, bud. You know, grab a Timmy's. I mean, yeah, like to a degree. Yes. But it's like super over the top. Well, anything stereotyped is is an extreme version of whatever yeah. it is. But there's always truth in stereotype. I mean, yeah. I think in general, Canada, mm-hmm. everyone has assholes. I think Canada does pretty well by its yeah, population. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would. I yeah. would say. I would say, arguably, that despite the fact that we were stupid enough to sell it to an American company, Tim Hortons might be the most Canadian fucking thing. Yeah, it's literally a, a coffee and donut shop that was started up by an ex NHL player that is now like. On you can't go two city blocks in yeah, most places without, the, without yeah. a Tim Hortons. Um, yeah, that's that shit is up there. Um, and then hockey would be 
<laughs> second to that, I guess, um, as a Canadian thing. And then the poutine, I guess, below that. Um, and then from there, it just kind of gets more ob obscure, but that's probably, uh, a thing. Um, as far as not talk, watch, yeah, talking about hockey, Jeff doesn't watch hockey. I watch, I only watch, I traditionally, I only watched, um, the world juniors every year. Like in terms of like consistently watching it. Other than that, I don't, I don't have, I don't really watch much sports in general. I don't like take the time to do that shit. Uh, unless it's like, like, for example, the Super Bowl. I'll probably have the Super Bowl on the background this week. Or, uh, basketball playoffs. I'll watch some basketball playoffs. Or March Madness. I love watching some March Madness shit for basketball because everyone's trying to be Michael Jordan and just firing shots from like fucking the moon. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I'm not somebody that sits down and watches sports every single week like somebody that would, if they were actually invested in, in the sports. But that would be why you don't hear about us talking about hockey. Uh, Jorbach asks, massages, yay or nay, professional or do it yourself at home? Both. I mean, I'm yes down to all for of a, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for a good massage from the wifey and, I'm I'm down for professional massage as well. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah yes. both for sure. It, it, a massage is kind of hard to fuck up. Like even if you're bad at it, unless you're really going out of your way to to fuck somebody's shit up, it's it, it's rare to be like be like, no, I don't want that. It, just give me a massage. I'm fucking. I'm not going to complain about it. It's like free pizza. Are you gonna bitch about what type of pizza it is? Are you gonna like just have the free fucking pizza? Eat it. Um, Danish Devil asks, do any of your extended family have any weird or quirky traditions? If not, uh, are any of your relatives, or, or, or do you have any relatives that always seem to throw off the groove of family gatherings? So say the first part of that again. Uh, do does any of your extended family have any weird or quirky traditions? And then mm -hmm. uh, the, the second follow up to that is: Are any of your relatives the types that kind of throw off the groove of of family gatherings? Mm. No, no. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think we got any crazy, weird, traditional. No. Anything. I, yeah. No. I mean, I'm. I'm more of the weird. Uh, I'm more of be not that I'm weird. I just, you know, I'm very like super chill and I don't really do anything special for gatherings and stuff. So like my family, if I'm on my dad's side, like, yeah, they party and do things differently than my mom's side, but are they both are any of them weird? No. I mean, no, I just kind of morph into whatever setting is there. If, it, if one's more of a laid back chill setting, I'm more laid back and chill. If one's a little more energetic and talkative, then I'm more energetic and talkative. But there isn't like some kind of like weird family thing where you got to go in and fucking do like hot yoga for 20 minutes in the fuck. I, I, I mean, uh, I don't even know, like, you know, there's no any like crazy religious type things that, yeah, like, yeah. you know, at most, like, you know, from what with my dad's side is like you're saying grace and that's pretty much it. <laughs> that, that's, that's crazy as it gets. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, we don't have anything like that. We don't have any members that like wildly throw off the, the vibe or anything like that either. Um, yeah, 
pretty, uh, pretty standard stuff. Smashbop asks, what's the last thing that you tried that was for the first time? So what's it, what was the last thing that you did for the first, like, that was like a first? It's a good question. Most of my first in the last while have been, you know, trying different Filipino food, obviously. Uh, M has been, you know, like every time we go to a Filipino restaurant and I get like the same fucking thing every time that's like the whitest thing I can find. The, she, you know, just constantly feeding me random shit and half the time I don't know what the fuck it is. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of like Filipino food and stuff, none of which has been horrible. There is some stuff that I don't need to have again, <laughs> but... But in general, you know, been been good. As far as like anything else, I don't think there's been. Well, for me, dealing with a flood. Hey, there you go. That's the first. <laughs> my first first time dealing with something like at that level. So yeah. Um, Hopefully last. Answered those. Uh, Theodore asks, what was your first car? And then what is your dream car? Uh, my first car was a 1991 Honda Civic hatchback. A real beauty, that one. Yeah. And, uh, my dream car. I mean, I pretty much got it. I, I, I don't really, I don't really go like, oh man, I wish I could afford this like you know million dollar bugatti or something i'm it, mm. it just doesn't do it for me i'm pretty much in the vehicle that i could vision my visualize myself in that's practical and luxurious and other than that you know i've had the car now for over three years um might even be going on f- f- uh yeah it's going on four years mm. um and I never, ever once thought about trading it in or getting something different. So, I mean, I'm pretty much, I'm in it. I had a 2000, my grandmother sold it to me for a dollar when I moved out of this house for the first time. 2003 Ford Focus uh, sedan. And uh, my, uh, and the brake line, we mentioned last week, the brake lines failed on it the first day. Uh, there you go. That's why the, it was a dollar on the way you to the DMV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. My my dream car though uh, is is uh, has always kind of been it's uh, various versions of Vipers. But I'd say probably the one that I associate most strongly with being like a Viper that I would want is like a ninety eight ninety nine ACR uh with that Viper red with two two broad racing stripes right up the front of it. Um that's the most vipery viper to me is that one and that's the one I've always wanted to uh to have. It would kill me like it's killed damn near anyone that's ever gotten in it because it's the like the least safe fucking thing next to a TVR on the planet, but it's a hell of a car. So that would be that would be my uh my my dream car. All right, a little more. Bit, yeah, I gotta. One, get, I really gotta go. Yep, like yep. My food's upstairs, and we're celebrating my wife's birthday tonight. Yeah. Yep. Uh, easy one. If you were watching the Super Bowl, which I know you're not going to, so it would just be a more natural. What's your go-to uh, event snack of any kind? What is your favorite Super Bowl snack? Asks Logan. So just event snack. If you're doing like UFC, for yeah. example, is more of a thing. What's your go-to snack? I mean, pizza. Mm. 
I mean, there's pizza, pizza, chips, and pepperoni and cheese. That's like, which is, take take half of what's on the pizza off and put it on a plate and pepperoni and cheese, and then eat the pepperoni and cheese on the pizza, and then you <laughs> have your yeah, uh, pizza for me, chips. Um, I fucks with nachos uh, for sure. I'm not a wing guy at home. I've I've never had wings at home that I've like enjoyed as much as if I'm just at it like. Because it's never, it doesn't quite ever work out. If I had a deep fryer at home, I'd probably fucks with sure. it. But yeah. I don't. So, oven done wings, not the same thing. And that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. Technical Alpha. We'll be back next week for more. But thank you for showing up and showing your love and support as always. Hopefully you enjoyed yourselves. And until we see you guys next week, stay safe out there for the love of God. Enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday, if uh, whether you're watching it or not. And we'll see you soon. Peace. Peace.